Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. The Thornbush, Exodus chapter 3, verse number 2. <laughs> verse 2. <laughs> and the angel of the Lord appeared to thorns and thistles. All right, has everyone seen it? All right, shall we all read it out together? Exodus chapter what? Exodus chapter 3, verse 2. Okay, let's go. Anytime you read an Old Testament and you come across the word, the sorry, the phrase, the angel of the Lord, most of the time it's, it means God. All right. So when you read it, you realize that he said, I, I, the Lord, I'm sending you. So the angel of the Lord was speaking, but it's, it's different from an angel from God. An angel from God is different from the angel of the Lord. So the angel of the Lord appeared to Abraham just before he wanted to uh, kill, sacrifice. As he said, no, don't do it, don't do it. Now I know you fear me. Ah, who is talking? Is it the angel of God? Now I know you fear me. In blessing, I'll bless you. And even this, when you read the text down, once you realize that when he said the angel of the Lord, it's actually the Lord. What does verse 7 say? And the Lord said, see, I, so it's the Lord, but it's... In the Old Testament, most of the time, there are times you hear the, the phrase, there is not an angel from God, oh, please. The angel of the Lord, okay? The angel of the Lord. So it's kind of a supernatural, a, sorry, a human or natural appearance of God. Manifest, a natural manifestation of God, usually the angel of the Lord. Now, let's all read together. Let's go. Wow. The angel of the Lord appeared to him where? So there's a bush. And the angel, God appeared to Moses in a flame of fire in the bush. But what was very interesting is the bush was burning. The fire was burning in the bush, but the, wood, the bush was not being consumed. What is this? No one can do these things except God be with him. What is this? Interesting. What's the, what does the next verse say? Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn? Hmm. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside Did to you look. See that? You see that? When the Lord saw. saw. All right, go ahead. God called to him from the midst of the bush oh, and said. So, so, so you see, where was God? What's he doing? The angel of the Lord. God was in the midst of the bush, inside there, inside there. But how was he in the, in the midst of the bush? It's a flame of fire. So is God fire? Do you remember a flame of fire? Did we speak about a flame of fire? A flame of fire, flame of fire. So God was in the bush. Now, remember, who has a different translation that uses a different word from bush? Other translations use the word thorn bush. The Hebrew word translated is S-E-N-E-H. It's like sene. 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 It's actually, it's not just bush. It means thorn bush. Oh, what bush? Thorn bush. Ah. Do you, what do you remember about thorns? 
And what does the tongues represent? Ah, falling humanity. So that bush with the fire signified falling humanity with God inside. We are getting somewhere. You get it. So, Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 16, he says that God bless you from uh, with the goodwill of him that dwells in the bush. The goodwill of the one who, Deuteronomy 33, 16. The goodwill of the one that dwells, and we know that who is the one who dwells in the, the bush? God. So the Lord was dwelling on earth. He didn't have a permanent place to dwell. He was dwelling in the tomb bush. Now I'm going, as I told you, what the tomb bush represents. But do you know, in Numbers chapter 9, verse 15, Numbers 9, 15, we'll come back to uh, Exodus chapter 3. I want you to see something. Numbers chapter 9, verse 15. Yes. Now, on yeah. the day that the tabernacle was raised up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony, from evening until morning. It was above the tabernacle like the appearance of fire. When they finally built a structure for God to live in amongst them, all right, God brought them out of Egypt and he told them that I'm taking you to the promised land. And when they were in the wilderness, he said to Moses, tell my people, collect offerings and let them build me a tabernacle that I may dwell. Isaiah chapter 25 verse 8, that I might dwell amongst them. So on the day the tabernacle was built and was dedicated, Bible says that the cloud that was following them, which signified the prayer of God, now came and settled on top of the tabernacle as fire. And the look was like fire. Fire on the thorn bush has come, has become the fire on the tabernacle. So the fire, the presence, was looking for somewhere to dwell. God does not like to dwell anywhere apart from among his people. Wow. That tells you about the tongue bush. God didn't like, he, on earth, he doesn't have a dwelling place. But amongst a people who he calls their, his own. So the Bible talks about we are the house of God. I'll get to that. Let's go back to the tongue bush. Exodus chapter, sorry. Exodus chapter 3 verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of, the, of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not. Isn't it interesting? What of the interesting phenomenon about this whole thing? You can see intense fire burning on. You know bush, if it's metal, it's different. Bush. And the, the bush was still intact. It looks but what were you expecting? If naturally, what were you expecting to happen to the bush? Why? Why? But why would it burn because of the fire? Huh? Wood is burnt by fire. Or fire, how about the other one? Other way around. Fire burns wood. Mm. What do you say? It fuels the fire. That's why it burns it. Once the wood finishes, do you know the fire will also finish? So it burns. uh, The fire actually for fire to continue to burn, it needs something 
So this the strange phenomenon from when I was a child, since uh, when I was a child I knew this story, what has always come to our mind is the phenomenon about the bush not consuming. But if the bush is not burning, then the fire should run out. But the fire, so the strange thing I want to draw your attention is fire burning without any fuel. That's the, the mystery. It's not the food. The fire said, I don't need anyone to burn for me. I can handle my own. Some of you are not getting what I'm talking about. It is not you who can do God's work. <laughs> you cannot do God's work. God does his own work. Through you. It's not your abilities. I will show you a few scriptures. Like in Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit. It is your spiritual fervency that matters in your work with God. Not your academic intelligence, academic acumen. Not your social access, social access, your beauty, your status. Status doesn't, is rubbish before God. If, if you are in a plane, when a plane crashes, people, both the pilots, the flight attendants, those in first class, those in uh, 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 premium economy, those in economy, and those in is under economy, near the toilet, they all perish. So, you realize that human beings, it doesn't matter how intelligent you are, it doesn't matter your status, you still have to eat, and you, you need, you can, you can build the nicest, most expensive house, you can build a golden house, you still need a toilet. Oh, how can such a beautiful person use the toilet? That's humanity for you. So, when it comes to human beings, status, class, and all those things is just material demarcations. But when it comes to reality, the essence of life, we are all the same. And so, when it comes to what God will do, it's not so much based on your physical abilities. It's not based on. That's why Bible says not many noble. God doesn't choose and use people because they are so... Can you imagine? He would have been using professors more. He would have been using PhD holders more. He would have been using Queen Elizabeth more. He would have been using celebrities more. He would have been using... To be a football star, you must be good at it. You must have the physical skills. Skill. But to be someone God uses, it's not based on physical skill and natural thing. It's based on how much of he is in you because he's the only one who can fuel himself. So he says that fervent in the spirit, not lagging in diligence. Second Timothy chapter one verse seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and so of a sound. There is a spirit that He gives us. That is what determines the fervency of the uh, of the flame. That's the spirit. It's, it's, he is the only one who can fuel what He's doing in your life. All he requires from you is availability and grant him an access. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things by myself. No way! I can do all things through Christ. So if Christ is not strengthening you, forget it! You can't do it. There's nothing you can do for God. You, ah, excuse me, you, what can you do for God? Nothing! You can behave well, but it doesn't mean it's for God. It's for yourself, it's for your own ego. Oh, you see, me, I'm very humble. I'm very humble. Give me a break. 
It's just, it's, 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 yeah, yeah, it's an ego. You can't do anything for God outside of his spirit from your spirit. So Ephesians talks about my, that God will strengthen you by his spirit into your inner man. It takes place in your spirit. So my, say my spirit. My spirit. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Oh, I, I, let me show you this scripture. I like this text. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 29. Colossians chapter 1, verse 29. Colossians chapter 1, verse 29. Verse 29. Let's all read it out. Let's go. Did you see? Did you see the strength of his striving? Where he's striving is where is he coming from? The, according to what? His work that works in me mightily. That so my striving is based in the platform of my striving is the work of him that according to his work which worketh in me mightily. Mightily, God is working in me. 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 That's what I'm also doing. The fire fuels itself. It doesn't need the bush to fuel it. Fuels itself. All it needs is a bush to just dwell in. The fire of God. God does not depend on men to determine what he would do. He has his own plan and he looks for an available vessel. Thorn bush is a represents man, fallen man, and the fire represents the fire or the holiness of God's glory. That is why he doesn't want anyone to come. That's why when he put it, you can't come around it. So if Moses attempted, he said, don't come here. It's represents the holiness of God's fire. It's, no one can look at it. You can't just see God. You can't come too close to God because of the fallen nature. Mm. And so, but you look at God, his people, why? That's why he was calling Moses. He's trying to tell him that I'm going to put my, my holiness, my, myself, on humanity, amongst humanity. So when he was calling Moses, that was a sign he's giving him. Now, watch this. He, sh- he also did that to show Moses that, Moses, I'm not going to depend on your strength. Because 40 years ago, before then, in Exodus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, Pastor Josh. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, when he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way, and when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Can you imagine? He killed the Egyptian and hit him. Yeah, go ahead. And 12. And- and when, he had, and when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, why so are you striking? Imagine. So when he hand? grew up, he started killing Egyptians for the sake of the Israelites. He taught you, in fact, in, in Acts chapter 7, I think 34 or so, Acts 7, I have 24. Just read it for me. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he, mm-hmm. he defended and avenged him who was oppressed yes. and struck down the Egyptian. Uh-huh. For he supposed that Watch his this. brethren would have understood uh-huh. that God would deliver them by his hand. Do you know why he struck the Egyptian? Because he thought God was going to use his position in the palace. He was a prince. Yeah. And 
He was a Jew and a prince, and he saw the Jews being afflicted by Egyptians. So he started killing them, supposing that God was going to use him to deliver the people from the Egyptians. That's why he killed him. He thought God needed his help. The guy was good. Look at verse 30. And when 40 years had passed. After 40 years, when, when he thought God would use him, God, God has time. Sometimes the time you think God is going to give you a wife, it's not the time he will. Because he wants to wait till you know how to treat a woman. Sometimes the time you think God will give you a husband may not be the time that God has in mind. Maybe he's waiting for the next eight years. Don't worry, you'll be, you'll be fine. Eight years, you'll still be there. Lord, you don't know how old I will be. He doesn't have a problem. He can use anyone. <laughs> so, Moses, 40 years before then, went and was going to use his natural position, natural strength, natural abilities to deliver them. And God said, boy, you got it wrong. Moses thought God would use him to deliver the people of Israel. After, read it again, verse 30. And when 40 years had passed, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in you a remember flame that? of fire in a bush <laughs> yes. in the wilderness of Mount Sinai. So God appeared to him after 40 years when he thought he would. Now let's go back quickly. Let's go to 3 verse 11. But Moses said to God. Hey! Now this is when God appeared to Moses. He said, come, I'm going to send you. See his response. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Today you're asking God, who are you? <laughs> But you were the very person who was going to act for him. Yeah. Now he said, now I'm ready to use you. He said, ah, who am I to do this job? <laughs> That's why the, the fire was burning, burning on the bush. And it wasn't being consumed. Because it's not your physical strength I'm going to depend on. I'm not going to depend on humanity to do my thing. In that sense, the hu- human ability. That's why he waited for Abraham to be light, to, to be, his body to be dead. He said, now, now that you don't have semen, I'm going to use you to give birth, give birth to an Isaac. So, now listen to what, uh, Moses was asking God, God, who am I to go before Pharaoh? Uh, but you grew up with Pharaoh, you were there. <laughs> After 40 years, he has lost his bearing. He has lost his bearing. Let's look at Acts um, chapter 7, verse 22. Acts 7.22, Acts 7.22. God takes delight in using people who are humbly available. Acts 7.22. And Moses was learned in no, all... No, let's already out loud. Let, is everybody there? Let's read it. Let's go. <laughs> okay, read it. Can you imagine? He was edu- well educated, so trained. Egypt was more powerful than America. Powerful. And way up to now, Egyptian inventions, thousands of years ago, are still, well, no one has been able to build a pyramid. How they built it, the technology with which they built it, modern day doesn't have that technology. Yes. And Moses was trained in all the wisdom, every kind.
kind of wisdom in Egypt. Everything he needed. He was trained in all the wisdom of the Egyptians or, or of Egypt. And he was mighty. He was mighty in what? When he came to speaking, he was far, far, far above Tony Blair. Or oh, those of you who are not too old, David Cameron. As for Theresa May, she's very gentle, so she, she just doesn't speak too much. But David Cameron and Tony Blair are very good. They know how to speak. Or Nigel Farage. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 guys, Moses was so good in speech. So, obviously, he had all these things going for him. He was in the palace. He was very intelligent, very strong, very mighty. That's why he could kill an Egyptian bodyguard who was uh, like Tasman. Just kill, kill him and put him off. The guy was well trained every, every way. And he knew how to speak and he had understanding. So who can't he speak to? Now God said, after 40 years old, God said, Moses, come and let me send you. Read chapter 4, verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech hey. and slow of tongue. Moses, Lord, I don't know how to talk with God. By the time God was ready to use him, he didn't have any fuel to give to God's fire. The burning thorn bush that was not consumed because the fire didn't need it. The fire didn't need it. That's why I tell people, God has never been in need of people's finances to run his work. Fire didn't need it because... It says that all we can do is based, I can do all things through Christ who is actually inside me, strengthening me, strengthening me. So those days, ship, ships, you know, the, the ones that use the, uh, no, or even the uh, locomotive train. You know, those, they call, they, they, they have to keep putting, yeah. so you see ship on high seas and it has energy going. Where's the energy coming? No, they are putting coal inside. <laughs> In the engine room. So they put the slaves there and their job is to keep filling it. So the coal in the engine room is not make is what makes the ship keep going. You can see a big train, locomotive, it's kind of energy. It's not getting electricity from anywhere. No. It has its inside. We to our own is the Holy Ghost. You see someone you preaching to somebody on the street, praying for somebody, it's not you. It's the, his spirit that's working effectually, effectual. He's working, effectual working within me makes me, did you think that, oh, this pastor is, oh, you can preach, oh, you can remember scripture. No, no, no. It's something that's working effectually in me. The very day I think that me, natural. So that's why you think you're a very good mathematical student, but you can't remember quotations. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you can't remember, because you're going to preach someone, one quotation you couldn't remember. Why? Because you, th- you think that your mathematical acumen is what the Holy Ghost will depend on to use you. Drop it. He wants someone who can say, God, but me, I can't speak. He, the, the fire of God's glory came upon thorn bushes. 
He's always liked to come upon humanity. A thumb bush is a sign of fallen humanity. A re- the redeemed ones. Second mm. Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Are you ready to read it? Oh, we, we all got to read it together, man. Man. We got to. Y'all have to read it with me. <laughs> Yeah, hallelujah. All right, let's go. We have this treasure in earthen, physical, natural, earthen, earthen vessel. Vessel, yes, your vessel, jars of clay. Jar of clay, you don't even put a treasure in just a jar of clay. So the, you look at the thing, it looks, years ago I heard a story about some, um, I think, um, either Taiwanese, Taiwanese monastery or Indian monastery. You want me to tell you the story? I'm sure you understand years ago. There, so there was, it's like enemies came and attacked the nation and destroyed everything. And they had this big gold, golden Buddha statue. But when they realized that the battle, the battle was getting tough, and they knew that the monastery was likely to be run over, they wanted to protect that statue before the enemies take it out because it's golden. So they made um, something like cement, by clay cement, those times, and they put it all around the statue. So they turned the statue into like a clay statue. So when the enemies came and attacked and everything went, they killed everybody. So years later, years later, when people started growing up to rebuild the place, they saw this Buddha clay. They wanted to get rid of it so they can. What they didn't know was, see, that was treasure in earthen excellence. Be careful the way you treat some other some Christian brothers and sisters. So, treasure in vessel. You are looking at the way they, they eat. You are looking at the way sometimes they owe you money, they are not paying. You are very upset with them. You are looking at the way sometimes they you are looking at the way they are humanity, but God looks at them and God is also looking at his treasure inside them. That's why it says, Touch not my anointed. My anointed makes it's my investment. God sees the treasure in them. So I think later on, the people left it. So yes, they were trying to build, and then they were trying to chip it away. And then they realized that inside the thing, it's gold. So they, they broke part of the covering. They broke more. Hey, gold. They broke and removed the whole thing. It was pure gold. Millions. That's how you are in the spirit. This holiness of God the fire of God, the spirit. So, you know, God wants to come upon us as fire. The holy fire, say holy fire. fire. That's why we're singing the song, consuming fire. Holy fire, let your holy fire come upon me. Jesus, you know what Jesus said? Let me give you last two. That was supposed to be one, but let me, two, only two. Yeah, okay. Last two, last two, last two. Do you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, in Luke chapter 12, verse 49, I think you should see yourself. I, I won't even tell you what he said. Luke 12, 49. You'll be sure what Jesus said. 
John the Baptist said that there's one coming after me who whose shoes, like the latchet of his shoe, I'm not worthy to untie. He said, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and human beings with fire, God's fire inside us. Remember the thorn bush. God's plan has always been to put himself in us as his holy fire. So Jesus said, what did he say? Read it. Luke chapter 12, verse 49. I came to send fire on the earth. And what did he say? And how I wish it were already kindled. I can't wait for the thing to start. <laughs> <They're thorn. laughs> On the earth, amongst the human beings, thorn bush, fallen humanity, said, I came to set fire inside it. So on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, verse 2 and verse 3, I will say, suddenly, they gave a, 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 a mighty a sound from heaven. Read it. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. Did you see that? Yes. Fire. And did what? And sat. Ha! And did what? Sat. And did what? And one sat upon each of them. Every one of them had fire. Every one of them had fire. Every one of them. Every one of them had fire. Every, <laughs> hey! Every one of them had, and it wasn't ordinary people who had the fire. It was the redeemed of the Lord. It was the redeemed of the Lord, but they were human beings, but redeemed of the Lord, sanctified of God, and the fire of God came upon every one of them. I'm talking about the burning thorn bush. Fire sets up upon on the day of Pentecost. But they were, their hair was not burning. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fire. Jesus said, I've I come to set fire. The Holy Spirit fire settled on each of them. So you see human beings, like all of us here, Holy Ghost has fell, and then something like fire. Burning on all of us, but it's not finished. It, it's, it's not hurting us. Doesn't it remind you of the thumb bush? Yeah. It's not hurting us. It's not burning anything, but it's fire on us. The sign of God's glory manifested physically. And you know what God, where God loves, He loves to manifest Himself and put Himself upon humanity. That's why Jesus Christ had to come and die. When He died on the cross, He, he, he broke, He killed the sin. He killed the sin venom, the venom of Satan inside you, so that you can have access to the tree of life. That you have the tree of life. You have the life of God. You have the life of God. All of us corporately have the life of God. So the life of God is in us, which is called the house of God. Then we become the house of God. The house of God is growing. It's growing. And then one day when it comes, we'll be in a certain perfect state. It grows to become the city of the, the city, the holy city. And the holy city... There's no darkness. There's doesn't need a temple because God is amongst them. So the tabernacle of God, God and man is mixed together. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. 
Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.